embarrassing, maybe inappropriate story alert. So I'm warning you right now. I used to do appointments. And when I would do these appointments, I would be so excited about helping clients that I would schedule them back to back. Now, then I'd started to make room in between the clients, but I started working after they left and before they came, which led me to holding my pee. Like I would not go to the bathroom. So for hours, I'd be sitting there thinking I needed to go to the bathroom like two hours ago. Why am I torturing myself? Why am I doing this? If you can relate to putting yourself on the back burner like that, listen up. In this episode, Denise Duffield Thomas and I are talking about things that block you from really moving forward in your purpose and living your life in abundance. We're going to be talking about money blocks, how she really utilized her intuition to get to this place of a self-made millionaire and helping others throughout the world through her books and her courses. Of course, we're going to be talking about why me not peeing ties into blocks to your abundance too. So all that and more in the episode coming right up. Welcome to Spiritual and Ambitious. I'm your host, Whitney McNeil. I'm a certified medium and spiritual teacher, and I help spiritual and ambitious souls just like you live your life purpose through your career and attract abundance by connecting into your intuition and spirit guides. Let's get spiritual and ambitious. So on this episode of the Spiritual and Ambitious podcast, I have a guest. It's Denise Duffield Thomas, and she's a self-made millionaire and business and money mentor for the new wave of online entrepreneurs who want to make money and change the world. She helps entrepreneurs charge premium prices and release the fear of money and create first-class lives. Her books, Lucky Bitch, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, and Chill and Prosper give a fresh and funny roadmap to living a life of abundance without burnout. Her money bootcamp has helped over 8,000 students from all around the world, including me. And I'm so happy to have her here on the podcast sharing tips about abundance and money. So welcome to the podcast, Denise. I'm so happy you're here. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Whitney. I'm so excited about our conversation. I know we can go into some really fun and interesting spaces. Oh, absolutely. And so one of the questions I want to start out with, because we talk a lot about ambition and spirituality on this podcast, what does it mean for you to be spiritual and ambitious? What is that really, how does that look in your life? Well, you know what? I grew up seeing ambition in a very different way. I saw it in the 80s, especially, of ambition being very hard and harsh and almost, for women in particular, very bitchy and aggressive, you know. And then at the same time as I was exploring my personal development, my spiritual side, I really thought that those two things had to be completely separate or you were doing something wrong. I'm a Virgo, so I'm intensely practical. And I I think now it's about 
being true to who you are and being true to your desires as well. And then using money as a tool to do that. Money not as a an evil force or something outside of ourselves, but using it as a beautiful tool, a magical tool to be able to create our dreams and create what we want to see in the world. A magical manifesting tool, really. You know, that's an exploration for each and every one of us. Mm, I love that answer. I truly believe that too, that money is a tool and can help us in our purpose as we're moving forward and really helping us live the most abundant lives possible. And so I know that you really help entrepreneurs with opening up to receive more abundance and also removing any money blocks. But how did you get started teaching this? How Tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, I was the kid who was always regurgitating wisdom that I'd read in a book or something that I'd seen on Oprah. And so even as a little kid, I remember wanting to be a teacher, not as a school teacher, but wanting to be able to share things. We once moved into this house that had a blackboard in my bedroom. I don't know why. It was really random. And I remember sitting down with my brother and my cousin and saying, we're going to play schools. And they were like, yeah, let's play. And they were trying to be really funny. And and I was like, no, seriously, I I prepared handouts. Like, (laughs) sit down and listen to me. And I was like that as a teenager as well. I'd be like, okay, let's sit down and do this thing that I saw on Oprah where we write down what we're grateful for. And so when I was at university, I was president of my business club. And then I went into you know a few different consulting kind of fields. But I would say in my 20s, I didn't know how to make that into a job because to me, it I didn't see it. I didn't know how you could do that as a particular career. And it wasn't until later that I realized that, you know, I could I could be a coach. So I became a coach, then I became a business coach, and the money stuff started to come as a really strong calling. I really felt it as a strong calling, and I firmly rejected it for a long time because it scared me. I I thought I'm not allowed to talk about money. I'm not good with numbers. So therefore, I'm not allowed to talk about money. I'm a woman. And so I'm not allowed to talk about money. There are a lot of ingrained fears around that. I thought, well, maybe I have to go back to school and become an accountant. Then I'm allowed to talk about money. But unfortunately, I am that kind of person. Well, fortunately, I'm an oversharer. I love talking about taboo topics. So I sort of made a bargain with the universe. I said, I will talk about money but it has to be on my terms, in my voice, and you have to send people to me and then I'll talk about money. And it was really, that was the start of just saying, we're allowed to talk about this, just like we're allowed to talk about anything. And I've been teaching Money Bootcamp for 10 years now and I'm, I come at it from a real place of curiosity, as you know, right? Every month we talk about a topic and how it relates to our money and see where we go with it. And I I love people sharing their money stories with me because we can all learn from that and and being curious about the, the role that we think money has to play in our lives. I think that this is really going to hit home with our listeners. So many people who want to start their own business can feel like, 
they can't because they're not good enough or they don't have the qualifications or they can't talk about it, especially too in the spiritual market. You know, for me, I started my business talking to spirits and it was like, that was a taboo topic. And then you realize, well, wait a minute, why is this taboo? Let's talk about it. Let's shine light on it. Let's open it up. And I'm really happy that your journey has led you to this place so that you can also turn on the light for so many other people too, which is really important. And so my question, because I talk a lot on this podcast about life purpose, do you feel that this is your life purpose? And if not, what do you feel like your purpose is? I do feel like it's my life purpose. Whether or not that means that I'm talking about money forever that might change, but I feel like my life purpose is just to be here to give people permission to live life on their terms and to use money as a tool again. But I, I really wanted to say something that you just said. It just really opened my mind. I, I have so many friends who work in the spiritual field. So I have a ton of friends who are psychic mediums or they're you know, ghost whisperers or they're, you know, they work in all these fields where that terrifies me. Like I'm always the person who's like, I do not want that. (laughs) I do not want that ability. I can smell ghosts, but I'm always like, I don't want to talk to you. And it's just, it's funny that I have so many courageous friends in so many fields who are not afraid to deliver babies or to, you know, heal people or do all these things, but yet money is terrifying to us. And I think we need to realize that we are so strong in so many ways and money is just one thing that we're allowed to talk about in our lives and we're allowed to understand it just like anything else. And I truly believe it's, you know, it's centuries of oppression where women were not allowed to have money, even up to our grandmothers weren't allowed to have their own mortgage, their own credit card. So it's new and it is taboo. But think of all the other places in your life where you're courageous and it's not beyond you to be able to use this tool. Oh, absolutely. I love that insight. And I'm wondering too, you know, so many of us, when we have an issue or a block or something we're resisting in our life, especially early on, it can often be an indicator of what we're here to help the world with. Too. It's like what we overcome, what we discover, we get to share with others. And I love your story about how you had the blackboard. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to teach, you know, this is what we're going to do. And those indicators of what we loved when we were young too can help us further and give us clues as to our purpose when we're searching for it. I love the courageousness and it is true. Unfortunately, women have been cut off from money for years. And I love that our lights are turning on even more about abundance and how we can help the world with money too, and also create an abundant life for ourselves. So I wanted to ask you, you started this journey and how did you first decide, I'm going to do this as a business And what was the first thing that you did? Well, I always wanted to have my own business. So that was a given. It's just I couldn't figure out what it was. How could I help people? So I remember when I was in my 20s, I kept on going to these business events 
and I'd be the only woman in the room. I was younger than most of the people there. And so I was just like, I just got all these signs that it wasn't for me. And it wasn't until I found a group of online women, really. Allie Brown was one of my first ones. I remember buying her course and watching the DVDs at home and just sitting there thinking, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can do it. And I remember Mary Smith, who she's a very well-known social media coach. She was on these DVDs and she was going, hey guys, there's this thing called Twitter and it's, you know, you have to get on Twitter. And I remember just like going, I have to get on Twitter. And so I had that seed, but I think it, what shifted for me was when I was watching other women do it. And I think this is so key for all of us because we all have our own stories about why we're not allowed to have what we want. And so if you can follow people, if you can buy courses, read books, get in rooms with people who look like you, that's going to strengthen your belief of what's possible. And that's why it's amazing that there's this explosion of podcasts and courses and female entrepreneurs because it it spreads. It has a ripple effect when someone else can go, wow, that person's like me, maybe I can do it as well. So that was really my first kind of inroads, I think, is, you know, I'd buy a course and I would just implement what they would tell me. I wrote my first ebook in 2004. That was my first info product. Um, It was called Internet Dating Tips for Men because (laughs) internet dating was new. It was really new. People sucked at it. And I just went, I can see a solution. I'll teach a solution. Then I, I lost weight for my wedding going on a raw food diet. So I was like, that's my business. So I had a business called Raw Brides. <laughs> raw Brides. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and people hear it, they go, the reason why I said it so carefully is because people go, Raw Brides? What? Raw Brides? <laughs> what are you talking about? And again, it was just me learning something, teaching something. It wasn't my business. It wasn't my long-term business. I wrote a book on how to create a green and ethical wedding because I was doing it. And I find that I see that with sometimes with women, they start a business for a season of their life and it doesn't have longevity, but that's okay. You know, the fact that I backed myself and did it meant that the next book was easier to write. The next book was easier to write, even though it wasn't my purpose. I created my first coaching program in 2009. It was the Raw Brides Transformation Plan. You know, I had no qualifications in nutrition or anything like that. I just wanted to share what I what I did. I had one person join that program and I was so thrilled. Um, I felt like a success story. It wasn't my business forever, but the first time you do something, I mean, you know what this is like. The first time you write a sales page, it's the hardest thing in the world. The first time you create a program. There's so many tech problems. You have to overcome all that resistance and fear. And then it wasn't my business, but the next time was easier. My next program was about manifesting. I had five people on that program. My next program was my money boot camp. I had 20 people on that program. 10 years later, we've had eight and a half thousand people through that program. So nothing's wasted, but you just have to get going and believe that it's possible for you as well. So I've got to ask you, because I know our listeners are going to be asking this, like, ask her this. So how did you know when you finally started teaching Money Bootcamp that that was your purpose? Like, did it feel like an internal shift? Were you just like, hell yeah, this is, this is it. Like, how did it show up for you? No. (laughs) 
no, I thought I just want to share this thing with people and I'll do it. I thought it was a one thing. So I think sometimes you don't know. It was really clear with the internet dating. I just lost interest. I couldn't be bothered. It was really clear with the wedding thing. I was like, I hate talking about weddings. Once it was over for me, I was like, I'm done. And I still gave myself permission when I started Money Bootcamp. I was like, I'll just teach what I know and share that with people. And then 10 years on, I'm still so curious about this. I'm still finding new nuances every single day. Even just before we got on this, when you said about the spiritual thing, I went, oh my God, that thing about you're not scared to see and talk to spirits. Cool. That's a new nuance for me that I can now share with everyone who's a spiritual entrepreneur. And so I think that's the thing you don't always know, but I see people not even try and not even start because they're putting so much pressure on themselves. I could lose interest next year and do something else, but I haven't yet. If I had sort of sat there and went, oh my God, you're going to have thousands of people, it might have actually psyched me out of it. I might have thought, but I'm not ready for eight and a half thousand people. But I was ready for 20 because I'd done the course with five. I'd done the course with one. And so, yeah, sometimes we don't know. I think that's a great answer. I love it because a lot of the times we hear, you know, this is what it is. But I truly feel like you have to try. Just like you said, you have to experience it. And when you experience it, do you still love it? Do you feel like, yeah, I'm still curious about this. And you kind of know when the energy fades or if it stays around. It's kind of like relationships like with people. Sometimes it's like, okay, I think this is done. And then it's like, oh, this is this is one for life or this is one for a long time. You just kind of have that energetic sensitivity there. So you started your business, you started with an ebook, and then you taught a course, but you were teaching about money. But what happened with really the light bulb moment of what happened as far as I can create a business with ease? Like, wait a minute, it doesn't have to be so hard. Tell me a little bit more about that. Necessity is the real answer. Because when I started my business, I wasn't doing things with ease. I was doing everything myself. I was waking up really early and having coaching clients at 4.30 in the morning because I was too scared to set boundaries with people. I had clients contacting me day and night. They had my mobile number. They would message me on Skype and I would answer them. They would send me emails all day long and I would answer them. It wasn't easy at the start. And I think I'm someone, I have a really great work ethic that I prided myself on. And so I just worked harder. I worked longer hours. And it wasn't until I got pregnant that I just, I realized, I was like, I cannot do this like this anymore. And I had no idea. It's kind of like that thing of you can't be spiritual and rich. When I was pregnant, I was thinking, well, I'm obviously going to lose my ambition on the other side of this. I'm obviously going to lose my creativity because I had never seen examples of how you could combine motherhood and ambition. And so I had to do the same thing I did at the start of my business where I was seeking out entrepreneurial role models. I had to start seeking out mom role models because I didn't know how to do it. And I just, I was sort of saying to people, I'll see you on the other side because I think I'm going to be completely different. But it forced me to do the things that I knew I needed to do to be a better CEO of my business. Mm -hmm. That's when I created some passive income products. 
I had to set some boundaries. I had to say no. And so I think sometimes we don't make those changes until something forces us to do it, whether it's burnout or a really bad client or something like that, which again shows you that you have to take action and get in the arena because you can't game out everything. You know, you don't know how it's going to play out. So I always say to people, get a client, see if you like it, tweak accordingly because you don't know sometimes what things you like to coach on or what topics you really love to talk about until you're in it. But we think we can't experiment because you made your bed, now you have to lie in it. And we're afraid to tweak and we're afraid to renegotiate things. So for me, it was just that real immovable deadline of, holy crap, I'm going to have a baby. I, I better fix this. And then it was that realization of going, oh, I'm allowed to choose. But even still, I'm not perfect on this, right? You're, you're in my money bootcamp. When did you join, by the way, Whitney? Uh, I think it was a couple years ago. I think it was in 2020, maybe. Okay, perfect. So up until around about four and a half thousand people, I started feeling really resentful. And I started to think, I don't think this has got longevity for me because I was answering every single question myself. I was up breastfeeding at three o'clock. So I was like, oh, may as well just answer a couple of questions while I'm in here. You know, I'm up at six, may as well answer a couple of questions. Lunchtime, may as well up at, and then at 9 p.m. before I go to bed, may as well answer a couple of questions. So I was just so burnt out and resentful. And then I went, maybe I need to get some help. And I was so resistant to it, but it was it became so painful. And I remember that Christmas, people were tagging me on Christmas Day. Denise, I'd love to get your an- answer to these questions. And so for me, making tweaks and changes in my business always comes from a place of pain. I go, oh my God. So it wasn't until like six years in that I went, maybe I'm allowed to get some help. And then it wasn't until nine years in that I took weekends off and I've started using my business profile in the group rather than my personal profile in the group. That's nine years in. (laughs) And so I just think, don't beat yourself up if you have things in your business that don't work because it's so hard to give ourselves permission to let it be easy because we're so used to thinking, no, the customer's always right or people won't like me if I say no. And yeah, so it's not always easy (laughs) is the answer to that. Absolutely. I teach people how to connect to their intuition and their spirit guides. And I always say, it's a lot easier when you listen to the intuitive hunch versus you don't, because then we kind of end up sometimes making those pivots from pain, myself included. Like I talk to my guides, I know what I'm supposed to do, but sometimes I'll have a limiting belief that's like, you can't do it. And just switching from seeing clients to going full-time teaching for online classes, for me, my throat had to close up before I finally thought, I literally can't talk anymore (laughs) to these clients. It's really wild. And, you know, one of the things that you say in your book, it was a story that hit home that I never thought would anybody would talk about. It was not peeing. Like I'm working and not peeing. Like I'm just sitting there for hours. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? And when you wrote about that, I thought, absolutely. These are small things that I'm 
you know, I'm being so hard on myself. I'm making it hard. And I really appreciate that you share those authentic stories. So I'm loving this conversation and we're going to take just a quick break. And when we come back, there's going to be a lot more for you. All right. So stay with us and we'll continue the conversation. This episode is sponsored by my free Spirit Guide Masterclass. Inside, you'll learn the five C's of Spirit Guide communication, your role with your Spirit Guides, two proven effective strategies to stop second guessing yourself and your intuition, and the single most important step to understand your intuitive guidance, along with four ways to perceive your spiritual intuitive messages. You'll also be getting a workbook to go through this class as well. You can join at messengerspirit.com forward slash free class. This episode is sponsored by my free Spirit Guide Masterclass. Inside, you'll learn the five C's of Spirit Guide communication, your role with your Spirit Guides, two proven effective strategies to stop second guessing yourself and your intuition, and the single most important step to understand your intuitive guidance along with four ways to perceive your spiritual intuitive messages. You'll also be getting a workbook to go through this class as well. You can join at messengerspirit.com forward slash free class. I am going to ask you, since we're on this topic, what are like some strategies, maybe the top three that you've really seen be so effective to help people earn more while working less or to make it easier for themselves? Okay. Well, this is about P. So this is perfect because (laughs) this is a great example of the fact that we can overwork ourselves, you know? And so that whole thing about having sessions back to back and saying yes to everything. So I was in the shower this morning, my hubby comes in and I said, oh, can you just look at my calendar? Tell me what my first appointment is for today. Cause I've got four podcast interviews today and then a meeting with my coach to do my work because I do my EFT every every month, all that sort of stuff. And he said, oh, yep, yeah, cool. Your first one's at, it was at eight o'clock. And I was like, is it video or not video? He's like, yeah, video. And I was like, great. And um, he goes, oh, you've got half an hour between each appointment. And I said, yes, because if it was up to me, I would schedule them back to back and I would say yes. But I've set a system in my Calendly account that can only have a maximum of four a day And it builds in that 30 minutes in between sessions, not me. And so I'm not any better at boundaries. I just know myself and I need to put those things into place so then I don't do it. It's the same with the reason why I have people in my business, assistants and people who are in a different time zone to me, they are the first person, if someone messages me on social media they filter all of those because they know that I'll say yes to everything. If someone says, can you do this? Can you? And it actually happened on Twitter yesterday. Someone's like, you know, I messaged your team, but can I interview you? And I was like, yeah, cool. Here's my calendar. So I know that about myself, right? And that I think is the first big message, especially in my book, Chill and Prosper. You have to know thyself to prosper. And it's knowing what your sabotages are and knowing what you're really good at. And they're not, I can't get better at 
saying no necessarily. That might take too much energy, but I can put systems in place to make sure that that doesn't happen. You know, same with if you know that you're an over-deliverer, you can put things into place to make sure that you don't over-deliver with your clients or you can have automated follow-ups so then you don't, you know, get too involved or whatever. So know thyself and prosper is really important. The next part of that is then to make tweaks in your business to be more in alignment with who you are. And the mindset stuff will come up. I'm not allowed to choose. I have to do it how they want it. People won't be happy with me. And nothing is too small for you to look at. What's been great about the pandemic, obviously it's been terrible in lots of ways, but what's been great is that a lot of people realized that they could pivot their business. They had to. You know, people who were, you know what you were saying before about sometimes the universe forces your hand? Yes. Imagine how many people in your community were like, but I have to do my astrology readings face-to-face. I have to do my kinesiology sessions face-to-face. No, you don't. Uh-uh, exactly. you do not. And we all have stories around that. And there's an example I use in the book a lot about how I had an astrology reading with somebody and I only just checked before I was getting on. I went, oh, it's not video. It's not audio. It's Skype chat. Wow. That's interesting. Yes. Isn't it interesting? I think really fast and I type really fast. And she, I am assuming she was a woman because I never saw her. I never heard her. I'm assuming that's why she chose that. And I was thinking, I wonder if she went through this gymnastics of people are not going to like it. People want to connect with me in person. People want, you know, they need that. Whereas for me, I was like, that was one of the best sessions I ever had. And because it showed me that we can choose how we deliver our business, how we work with clients, how we show up, we can choose our prices. We can choose because we now live in a world where our only clients don't have to be geographically in our own town. We have the whole world open to us. So you're allowed to choose because you'll always find someone that will be a perfect match to is the really Mm -hmm. important thing. And then the third thing I think is so important is the constant mindset shift of why not me? Why not me? And you were saying your guides are telling you to do this, but your limiting beliefs are saying, I can't. And so, so much of this work is not the logistics that we think it is. You know, people will say, I don't know how to write a book. And I go, honey, you can buy a course or you can get it all free online. What you have to deal with is that throat chakra stuff that tells you if I speak up, I'm going to get burnt at the stake and something bad is going to happen. That's the mindset shift. When you work on that, everything else is just logistics and we're more than capable of anything. Even if you have to you know, learn to do a website by yourself, which is how most of us got started, right? There was no <laughs> drag and drop websites. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> we had to do it, you know, like, oh. And so it's that constant, why not me? Why not me? Why not me? And listen, but not just say it from a place of fake it till you make it. Listen to why you think you're not allowed to, because it will be something like, yeah, but if you lost 10 10 pounds, then you're worthy. And you want to hear all of these conditions that you're putting on your success of going, yeah, but maybe if you changed your accent. Maybe if you did this, maybe if you did this. And when I started my business, I literally researched elocution lessons because I thought, oh, people aren't going to understand my accent. I don't talk fancy enough. 
And it was a procrastination tactic. It was a delay tactic. And I see this from people all the time. I'll do photos, but when I lose weight, or I'll do this when my kids are at school, I'll get more childcare when my business starts making money. I'll, you know, when I, when the stars align and especially in your community, people are like Mercury's in retrograde. I can't do it. Or I'll wait till the full moon or I'll wait till it feels right because we're so used to, if you're working with your intuition, but sometimes we can't trust that because our, it's our limiting belief clouding that. You know, anytime I, I've launched in Mercury retrograde so many times because I forget to look at the dates ahead of time. It's fine. It's fine for me. And I think the day you do it is your lucky day. You know, we can get very caught up in magical thinking, which I would love to hear. I'm sure there's so many examples in your community where people go, it doesn't feel right yet. And you go, it's never going to feel 100% right. Sometimes you have to just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. I think that that's a really great point. You know, so many people will say, well, it didn't work or I'm feeling resistance. It's a sign. It's not meant to be. So many times we expect it to be easy. And while we can, like you said, create systems for more ease in our life, when we find ourselves in this place of resistance, a lot of times we need to ask ourselves, is this me holding myself back. I know whenever we get on video for the first time, I hear this a lot. Oh, I hate my voice, the way it sounds. Oh, I can't stand the way my face is moving. I talk like that. Oh my gosh. And you're so right. It can be a procrastination. And we keep thinking, I'll do this if, I'll do this when. And one of the things I say is take aligned action now. The quicker you take that aligned action, the more things are going to manifest in your life. And your spirit guides are going to give you more opportunities in alignment with it. And your spirit guides are there. And they create all these opportunities. They're like, do you want this? Do you want that? And if you're like, no, that's like 99% what I want, but like 1% is not right. So no, you know, if you keep doing that, your spirit guides are going to be like, this person's not ready yet. Like clearly not ready. So the more we say yes, the more opportunities just open up and, you know, we get rid of all that BS that is just holding us back. Yeah. I think the thing that I always tell people is absence of fear is not the goal because it it will be scary like anything. Because again, if we go back to the world that we live in, it's so new for us to be able to do this work. It's so new for us to be able to make money with ease. And our primitive brain and our primitive fear hasn't, we haven't caught up to that yet. You know, and I don't know if you were on the call in bootcamp where we talked about the fear of tax and paying taxes. And that for so many people is this primitive fear of I'm going to get into trouble and something really bad is going to happen. But that's all lying under the surface. But you're thinking, well, the tech went wrong, so it's not meant to be. And you go, no, but think of all those things you're holding yourself back from because you're scared. And that's totally fine. You know, we can tell the listeners too, before we got on, we had tech problems for like 10 minutes. And there's so (laughs) many times when things happen like that and you go, well, it's not meant to be, you know, and it's not, it's just that sometimes it's just those little blips where we go, oh, we can handle this. No big deal. We can totally handle this and we can take a moment and take a breath and it's totally fine. And also I think people think when you make money, your life's going to be perfect. 
and it's not. Things will still happen and you'll still be the same person. So then therefore you are that person now who can create that money because you're not going to get better. (laughs) That's a great aha. I think so many people just needed to hear that one thing. It's like, oh, why am I waiting for something to get better? Or I think that it's going to be better if I have the money. You know, life is life and you've got money or you don't have money. It's like, are you working on your own energy? Are you working on that foundation? And I love that's what you teach about really that mindset and the energy of clearing things out that keep us stuck. And as you said, life is going to be life. You know, um, I've got three kids, two dogs. There's life that happens, you know, and there's no there's no place that you get where you think, oh, now I'm perfect. And the reason why you have to let that go now is because you think that's preventing you. You think your lack of perfection is the thing that's stopping you from making the money, but you're not. You're still going to be the same. And I would love to say to my dogs, do you know who I am? I'm a multimillionaire. Do you have to wee on my rug? Like seriously, you know, life is going to happen. It is. And you're not going to be perfect. And I have to work on my fears every single day day, you know, and I have my own practices because I don't think I'm some guru. I hold the space for people to be curious and work on their money stuff. But, you know, later today, I've got a kinesiology session with my person to work through my blocks because that's what it takes is that constant working on your fear and acknowledgement of your fears too. You know, I want everybody listening to, to really just kind of soak that in for a moment. You know, Denise teaches what she teaches and she's also working on herself. I also am working on myself and I teach what I teach. And sometimes we feel like we have to get to a place of all knowing to be a teacher. (laughs) It's like, oh no, we are the constant student. We'll teach what we know but then we're also going to be growing as well. And I don't know if you found this, Denise, but I've found that when I'm launching my program or I'm teaching kind of a new topic, like a theme, let's say within what I teach, I kind of go through it again, almost like an experience. It's almost kind of like a little test, like, hey, Whitney, did you work on that stuff? Or, hey, you know, you worked on it last year, but it's coming up in a different level in some way this year. Yeah. Okay. Not just me, right? (laughs) No, all the time. And the fact with Money Bootcamp, especially, we've got the two calls at the end of the month. And so I'm right in it as well and experiencing it and hearing new things and new stories. And I think that's why it's so important for us to share those things and have community because someone will say something and I think, wow, that's just healed it for, you know, the hundreds of people who are listening. Mm -hmm. And yet there's always more that we're uncovering every single month. We haven't got to the end of it. I don't think we ever will, which is fun, right? It's fun for me to go into that, those curious places. But it's that thing again of feeling like we have to be perfect to be worthy of anything. Oh, absolutely. I think that that's definitely a core block a lot of our listeners are having. And I'm sure a lot of the boot campers do too. So we've been talking about Money Boot Camp, but I also wanted to talk about this book. You've written several, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about 
How did you start that process and how did you get going? So many people out there listening are going, this is great. I want to teach things. I want to share, but also they may want to write a book and they're really interested there. So tell me a little bit more about that, please. Okay. So let's go back to my first year in full-time business. And I remember thinking, I really want to write a book. You know, I'd already written the dating guide and the the wedding guide, but I really wanted to write a book about the law of attraction and business. And I remember sort of saying, universe, send me a best-selling book idea. Send me a million-dollar book idea. And I was in the shower and I, I heard that lucky bitch. And I remember thinking, I can't, I can't use that. You know, and if you look at books, shelves now, there's so many swear words on all of the books. that. It, but back then it, it felt it felt a little bit bold and I actually really got a lot of negative feedback from it too. People were emailing me saying, you know, I can't follow your business anymore because I really hate that word. And it didn't, it wasn't about, you know, being a bitch. It was because that's when my life started to change. And when I started to deliberately use the law of attraction to change my life, my friends were saying, oh, you're such a lucky bitch. And I'm going, no, actually, let me tell you the 50 things that I did to put myself in that stream of abundance, you know, to to practically kind of feel like I was deserving of it. And so that's what I, I wrote the book about. And I, I did it very imperfectly. I literally pre-sold it. I said, hey, guys, it's coming out on the 7th of September, 2011, which was my birthday. Don't do that, by the way. It ruins your birthday. It feels like a fun thing to do, right? You go, oh, launch it on my birthday. But then I was like still finishing it on my birthday. (laughs) Um, And I sold it for $10 and I felt so guilty every time someone bought it because I thought, but I've written it. It was my first kind of realization that that work hard thing was such a linear relationship in my mind that you can only get paid for something if if you do it in the moment. And so suddenly people were paying me $10 for a book that I'd written a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, four months, you know, and I was just going, should I call them? Should I read it to them over the phone to earn that $10? (laughs) But I backed myself and I remember, you know, I, I paid someone on not very much money to do this cover and it was half in British English and half in American English. There were spelling mistakes in it. But you know what? I call this house, so my multi-million dollar beach house, I call this the house that Lucky Bitch built. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Not because I made millions from that book, but because it was a seed. It was a seed that says my voice has a bit of value. I wasn't saying my voice has a lot of value. I was like, I think I'm allowed to just share this. And that's what I talk about in Chill and Prosper is the first part of marketing is just sharing what you know with other people. And I just came at it from a place of going, I'm not a guru. This isn't the best book you're ever going to read, but let me just share with some things with you that I know, that I know that I know, Oprah style. And it was a seed that was just, that grew and grew from there. The next year I wrote my book, Get Rich Lucky Bitch. A couple of years later, Hay House bought both of those books and then did a third book with me, um, which was called Chillpreneur, which is the new editions called Chill and Prosper. Very confusing. But it literally started from from writing that first book when I had no audience, nothing, you know, and I just thought I just have to share something. So I call this the house that Lucky Bitch built. I even call my farm the house that Lucky Bitch built. And that's where I keep the original copy of Lucky that Bitch. Is, 
That is so special. And what a great energy there. It's like the seed that's just blossomed and grown. All the flowers there too. It's just beautiful. I've got flowers. See, I've got flowers in my background here. But it's that audacity sometimes of choosing yourself, Mm -hmm. even though you're not ready. And I wasn't ready. But I I know about myself, if I promise something, I'll deliver it. And that's why the pre-selling thing worked so well for me, because I knew that I would, just like at university, when I stayed up all night in school to to do an assignment, I knew that if I pre-sold it, it would happen. But if nobody else was involved and I had no other accountability, I'd probably still be writing that book, Mm -hmm. you know, X many years later. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to just do it. And especially when it comes to books, you know, there's every topic has been written about every topic. You take something like how to get your baby to sleep book. There's so many people who've written those kind of books, but there's always new moms who are trying to figure that out. And they want to hear it from someone who has been there rather than a book that's 30 years old or 10 years old, right? You know, there's always going to be room for your experience. You know, even now I, so I was diagnosed last year with ADHD. So now I'm filtering a lot of my things going, hang on, do they understand ADHD? So now, uh, you know, if I buy a course and someone's like buying a marketing course, right? If someone's like, here's a marketing course for mums with ADHD, I'd be like, that's for me. (laughs) There's so much room for nuance, especially within the spiritual community now, because for a lot of the time, my friends in the spiritual community, we had to take courses and then filter them through our experiences instead of having things that were made for us, you know, or, or written for us. And so I, I spent all of my 20s reading business books written by men for men. Mm-hmm. They didn't say for men on the cover, but all of their examples were for men. All of their experiences from, were from their experience. And so when I started writing this book, it was, um, I just had my baby number two and I was reading a business book because I had some downtime and it was written by a man. And I just thought, I don't resonate with this anymore. Why don't they, why don't they have examples about people like me? And then I went, that's not their job. I can write a book from my experience. I can write the book that I would want to read. And, um, and I remember getting a review. It was like a one-star review saying, I can't believe, you know, all of her examples are for women. She should have written for women on the, on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I did that deliberately. And I stopped saying things like female entrepreneurs, female CEOs, because I went, I'm just going to center that experience for me and, you know, people like me who want to be centered and not to be the exception. And I can't speak for queer entrepreneurs, you know, and so I always say to people, cool, well, we can be inclusive, but you can write a book for your experiences and you can be the guru to the people who need to hear it from you too. So there's so many spaces for all of us and we think we have to change ourselves, but someone just needs to see it and hear it from someone who looks and sounds exactly like you or they will never hear it. And I don't pretend that you know, Whitney, I'm the best money mindset mentor in the world. But I know there are people in money bootcamp who wouldn't have done money mindset work, but they did. There was just something that I said or something that I did that went, oh, maybe I can do this. Not because I'm special, because I said it just because I showed up. That's literally it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that this is wonderful to remind everybody 
people need to hear your message. Each person listening, somebody out there needs to hear your message. And that's such a great example of, you know, I wrote this from my perspective and who I can help because sometimes we just think in the spiritual world, even, oh, there's competition. There's too much competition out there. And it's really, I don't see it that way. I never see the competition. I see I'm unique, you're unique. And because we're unique, we have this unique energy and the people that are meant to find us will find us as long as we're putting ourselves out there and not hiding under our desks. (laughs) So knowing that the energy will attract the right person, just like you said, and turning the light on, right? Light will turn on another light and it the brighter we can shine, the easier it is to find and help other people too. So I heard you say you asked the universe to send you an idea and you got it in the shower, right? So we call those like shower moments and water can amplify the energy. But I just am curious, how did that come in for you? Did it come in through a aha, like a knowing, a feeling? Did you see it? Did you hear it? How did it come in for you? I heard it. I have, as I said, a lot of friends who are very, you know, very in tune with a lot of their intuitive abilities. I would say for me, it comes and goes, you know, and, but there's been times where I've very clearly heard things. I was looking at a property around the corner from here and I heard a very actual voice saying, get out. This is not your house. So I left the house. I came and stood in front of where we built and which was for sale, but it was double what we were prepared. And I, and I just, I think that voice was telling me, get out, go stand there. And I went, what about this one? So things like that happen occasionally to me. It happened actually when I was, um, when you were asking about purpose, I was living in London in my twenties. I was working in a big corporation, wearing a suit every day, feeling literally itchy. I would just get hives and I was on my lunch break and I was going, what should I do with my life? And I walked into a bookstore and the first thing I saw was a book called What Should I Do With My Life? And I picked it up. And I remember then the next week I was walking around going, but what, when is it going to happen for me? And I heard this voice saying, when you're 28. And I went, oh, okay. All right, cool. And so for me, it happens just in very like pivotal moments, I think in my life where I, I do hear something. But the other times I would find that it is a bit of a knowing and there's a learning to trust that for me because I do I have also done things that weren't right that I thought were right you know and so I think sometimes we're looking for certainty and you know what those sometimes when you know like obviously I got that voice going when you're 28 and it was it was the voice was almost like Ugh. it was like <laughs> very like oh come on and I remember thinking, okay, okay, that's fine. But sometimes we're asking and there's silence because we have to do the work. <laughs> you know, those times oh, yeah. when you're going, but just tell me the answer. And they go, it's up to you. And my daughter is eight and she's so funny. She plays this game and she calls it Wisdom Willow. And you can ask her a question and it doesn't matter what you ask. She says one thing in return. And you, you start to laugh and then you start to cry because she does not break break it at all. So, And she'll go, <laughs> I'm Wisdom Willow. Ask me a question. And I say, okay. And I'll just go, what should I do about this? And she goes, it's your choice. 
and I go, okay, okay. I go, okay, okay. But should I do this or this? And she goes, it's your choice. And she will not break from this at all (laughs) until you're literally crying because you just go, you're right. (laughs) It is my choice. (laughs) And it's so funny, but she has that inner wisdom already. And it just reflects back sometimes of going, sometimes your guides are going, it doesn't matter. Like it's going to work out anyway. So you have to decide. And it's just like, oh, sometimes we want all of the go signals. We want the tarot card literally to say, go do the thing. And we go, oh no, I'll pick another one. I'll wait for the stars to align. And sometimes you just have to do it. Oh, I love that. (laughs) You know, it's like people will do the tarot cards and then they're like, oh, I didn't like that one. Let me shuffle again and pick up another one. (laughs) When absolutely our spirit guides will say, hey, either option's fine. It's up to you. Or maybe they'll give you a little energy around, but they're not going to tell you what to do. And it's like, if they told us what to do all the time, we wouldn't learn anything. And, you know, we would just kind of be puppets hanging around if we always had our go signals and... (laughs) It's um, part of the creation. I had a a session one time with somebody because I was wrestling with what book should I write? Is this the right book? You know, and I was really like psyching myself out of it. And I wanted to know that the book was going to be successful before I started writing it, even though I really wanted to write it. And so I was, I was asking all of these people, several different people, you know, when you do that, when it's not even, you go and see someone and then they're like, okay, well, I'll disregard that advice. I'll get someone else. (laughs) And so so we're saying to her, like, I don't know which book I should write first. And she was like, she goes, do you live near the ocean? And I was like, yeah. She goes, okay, well, all right, I'm getting from your guides. You just need to go to the ocean every day. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, but which book should I write? And she was like, well, they're just telling me go to the ocean and like put your head under and put your toes in and like you'll come up with the answer. And I was like, oh, okay. But what about, and she was like, and I asked like six different ways and she was like, they're just telling me, go to the ocean, put your head under, get some salt water in your face, put your toes in the ocean. Then you'll come back and you'll, you'll be refreshed and you have the ideas. And I'm just like, no, I just need the, a different answer. And then sometimes things happen, right? Then sometimes the universe gives you a massive slap because you're just not listening to the little advice to go, go do that little thing. And then you then you follow the path. And I still, I, I live near the ocean. I still don't go to the ocean every day, but it, I remember that advice. Every time I get myself into tears, I just go, go to the ocean. Because I know that even if you're not a woo-woo person and you go, oh, the ocean's got magical properties, I know that when I go outside and get some fresh air, I get a different perspective. I know that when I take a moment, that's when my intuition drops in. Otherwise, I'm trying to Virgo analyze it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to that. You know, Virgo is not my sun sign, but I have a strong Virgo in my chart, like three planets are in Virgo. So I relate to that of, of analyzing it and trying to fix it. And it's going to be this way. And I think that one of the, exactly the advice is like, just leave, just stop thinking about it and go out in nature, go on a walk. And you know, I love that we're talking about this with intuition because it was a, it sounds like a big part of your ideas and the book and the process. And I think this is going to help so many people out there listening like, oh yeah, okay. I can relate to that. I've been getting those hunches. It's time to do the thing. 
and I'm glad that you did write it. And I know that you have this new edition. So can you tell us a little bit about, you were saying Chillpreneur is now Chill and Prosper. Can you tell us a little bit about this new edition and when it's coming out? Yes. So I started writing Chillpreneur in 2017. And last year, my publisher, Hay House, sent me a message and said, the world has changed. We think we could update a few things in there to acknowledge that, that the world has changed. And also, I was getting emails from people saying, well, that's great, Denise, but it doesn't work for my industry because I'm special and I don't have to do mindset work. Or but my industry does have a cap on what I can charge, Denise, or my industry has rules about how I'm allowed to deliver and I'm not allowed to choose. So I wanted to add those nuances in, but also I wanted to add in nuances that I had learned from myself because sometimes when you write a book, you learn all the lessons as you go, you know, and even something happened when I had, just when I had handed in the book, I got asked to be on a TV show and I was eight months pregnant and I didn't want to do it. And so I promised, I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it in like three months time when I was going to have a six week, you know, an eight week old baby. And I felt so guilty about it because I went, I've just handed in this book about making your life easier. And I'm still doing stupid things in my business because I can't say no, you know? So I went, had to go and learn some more painful lessons. And it was amazing that I got a chance to, to redo that because most people don't. You know, and I remember at the time I didn't really love the cover that um, that we did with Hay House, and I remember going law of attraction. Like I was like, universe, just sort that out. Like just come back to me; it, it will happen. And I just remember thinking, oh, it never happens. That never happens. You never get a chance to redo your book. And so I was so thrilled to be able to do it and to make it better. Um, and also for those of you who have read the previous book, if you have. I've put together some really great pre-order bonuses to order the new book as an incentive because I know some people are like, I don't need the new one. One of those things is I put, I did some meditations with some affirmations in them about overcoming your fears, about making friends with money. So you can listen to them while you're working and do double, double duty, right? All that stuff goes into your brain. It really does work. So to pre-order the new book and to get the new bonuses, go to denisedt.com slash prosper and there'll be the link to buy it in every country and every format in different places or just search where you do it. But put in your details there and you can get those pre-order bonuses. And if you're listening pre, we're going to do a, a live book club in July. But if you're listening after that, all of those bonuses are still there because I want to give you the tools to help you work on your mindset so then you can you can create a business that creates abundance for yourself and has a ripple effect of you helping more people. I love that. So you can go to denisedt.com forward slash prosper for the new Chill and Prosper book. And Denise, can you tell everyone where they can find you on social or some other place? Well, I love hearing from people on social, by the way. So I'm at denisedt everywhere. And, you know, I love hearing people's manifesting stories. I love hearing people's money stories. So always feel free to reach out to me. But also as you're listening, you know, tag Whitney and I. What's your handle again, Whitney, for your Instagram? Messenger of Spirit. Messenger of Spirit. Tag us both and tell us your aha from this episode because don't keep it inside. When we share this 
this stuff in our stories and our healing, it really does have a, a really big ripple effect of healing throughout the world. So I'm at denisedt.com. Um, I've got a ton of resources on pricing and, you know, practical marketing and manifesting stuff. But I'm just here to remind us all, one voice to remind us all that we don't have to be perfect and we're allowed. We're allowed to make money and it's okay, no matter what you do. Mm, I love that. Is there anything else, any last advice that you want everyone that's listening to hear? Yes. So I mentioned this before about saying, why not me? But to do it as an exercise in the mirror and say, this is what a wealthy person looks like and make it really personal. So it could be, this is what a wealthy spiritual leader looks like. This is what a wealthy astrologer looks like. Because the first hundred times you do it, it'll be like, no, it's not. No. And you will discover all of those stories that you have about yourself. And then you acclimatize to it. And you do it when you when you first wake up in the morning and you look like hell. And you do it when you're looking really great. You do it all of those times because you want to be able to shift your brain to go, why not me? And when you do that, that's when you're more likely to say yes to opportunities, have that little bit of courage to press publish on something, just those little tiny moments where you go, maybe I can. And those it's those sliding door moments sometimes, right? That you just go, wow, it's opened up this whole thing because you've said, why not me? So you can do that exercise every day. I also recommend if you're not good at remembering, write it on a post-it note, stick it on your mirror, write it on your mirror in whiteboard marker, because then you'll see it and you'll go, maybe I can, maybe I can. So anyone can do that right now. You can go and do it straight away, put it somewhere, write it down, find a mirror and this is what a wealthy healer looks like. This is what a wealthy woman looks like and see what comes up. Mm, Such a good tip. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode, Denise. And I know that there's going to be so many aha moments as people read your book and take your courses. And again, thank you so much for shining your light and sharing your knowledge. Thanks, Whitney. Thanks, everyone. That was so good. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual and Ambitious podcast. We'll have all of Denise's information in our show notes. And I'd love to see you inside of my free Spirit Guide Masterclass. And we'll also link to that in the show notes too. We've been talking a lot about intuition. So I'll put some additional resources for you. And I will see you in the next episode. So until then, here's to staying spiritual and ambitious. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And if you loved it, would you please share it with a friend? I would also love your review and a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find me at messengerspirit.com and you can take the four intuitive languages quiz and find show notes there too. If you want to connect on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, you can find me at messenger of spirit. If you want to continue the conversation, join my free Facebook group at messengerofspirit.com forward slash group. I'll meet you right here next week. Here's to staying spiritual and ambitious. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.